0: This is the John Oakley Show podcast. Everyone with whom I've spoken in the Alberta energy industry believes that this modest and short-term reduction in output will not jeopardize jobs, but a continued $40 price differential will potentially result in tens of thousands of layoffs. It's Jason Kenny, Conservative Party leader out there, a United Conservative Party in Alberta. He's supporting Rachel Notley's choice to impose a production cut on the province's oil producers, 8.7% cuts that would end uh, at the end of, uh, well, come January 2019. So whether or not this will work, let's find out. Dan McTague is with us on the line, senior petroleum analyst and principal behind Gas Buddy. Dan, how are you doing this afternoon?
1: I'm fine, John. i been a crazy day because of this, but uh, thankfully so.
0: All right, so uh, cutting production by 8.7%, an extreme measure by anyone's yardstick. Will it work?
1: Well, it'll work because at this current level, you're producing 200,000 barrels a day that uh, has no market. Uh, Well, it has a market, but has no means in which to get it there. So you're storing the stuff. And here's the problem, John. There's no more storage uh, uh, left in Alberta. There's nowhere to put it. So, refinery rather uh, producers are churning out uh, on the good faith that the federal government gave them that they would get their pipelines. And by this point, we'd have them flowing. None of that has happened, and so uh, everything sort of uh, backstopped. And uh, as a result, not only are you looking at uh, really inventory that you can't store, you're also looking at terribly depressed prices to get anyone, however, uh, to buy this product, including sending tanker trucks across the border five, six hundred kilometers just to get it to a terminal somewhere.
0: I guess there's uh, no option to leave it in the ground then.
1: Well, that's the intention of those who have opposed pipelines, but uh, the rest of the world wants Canadian oil. Uh, Nowhere else in the world is oil blocked in the same way that Canada permits. Uh, and of course, uh, uh, if you uh, begin to start locking oil, the question is what do you want to do to your economy? This is our number one export, our number one valued export. It's much bigger than automotive. It's certainly much bigger than steel. It's bigger than agriculture. And it's certainly big, bigger than mining and lumber. So when you start fooling around with something as important and as vital as uh, what most other countries would give their right arm to have, uh, and you devalue or allow its devaluation to be so. So pronounced. There's a couple of factors that uh, come of this, not just jobs and dislocation. There's also a weak Canadian dollar, which means at a buck thirty-two, one hundred thirty-two pennies to buy one U.S. dollar, you're looking at a uh, devaluation of your purchasing power of about a third. And that's for everything, John. That's your food, that's your fuel, that's your lumber, that's uh, any product that you uh, that we use and consume in this country is now valued, or I should say, devalued, given the depreciation of the Canadian dollar. As a result, a direct result. Of not being able to get our products to market but there's all other effects as well including a 19 billion dollar deficit by the federal government
0: well it was said when our dollar was at par i guess about uh, nine or ten years ago it was effectively a petrodollar so we're pegged uh, very very much to the price of oil
1: yeah and you know i served as a uh, as a parliamentarian during those days and realized as well up to 2013 that it helped pay down the debt in this country Created uh, opportunities for young people who wanted to work, whether it was the eastern part of the country or western part of the country. It also created and generated a, a significant amount of uh, interest and attention in Canadian technology uh, that would be used to provide cleaner you know, variants of oil. And remember, heavy oil gets a bad reputation, but in this case, not only do we have a carbon tax and cap emissions and uh, the cleanest, uh, you know, uh, environmental outcomes for our oil. We also have a circumstance uh, where, of course, oil uh, that is being produced uh, in Canada is far more valued uh, simply because uh, it's it's a variety. Uh, today, I or prior to the announcement this week, Canadian light oil, sweet crude, was selling for half price, uh, 25 25 uh, Of course, we know heavy was selling at uh, three quarters off. This is just not sustainable, especially in a country that needs this kind of economic activity to generate uh, wealth, more importantly to get uh, our oil out, because if we don't do it, someone else will. The world is continuing to increase its demand for oil, not just for transportation, but also, more importantly, for everything else that we take for granted. Look around you. Pretty much everything we have has a component of fossil fuels in it. So if we don't do it, someone else will.
0: Well, Rachel Notley last week was saying the economy in Alberta is losing up to $80 million a day. And then further to that, uh, she said this isn't just an Alberta issue. It's a pan-Canadian one. You agree okay. with all of those things,
1: uh, exactly. And I, you know, I sort of try to hint that in terms of the deficits that you're incurring, uh, the lack of jobs, investment, and opportunity. This is not a very stable place to finance or to invest. If at the end of the day, uh, you know, regulations and approvals processes by your government, which has constitutional competence, is challenged. And well, In those circumstances, this creates a real, real problem. Uh, for every everything else, it, it does create a problem for the entire country as a whole.
0: Well, explain something, Dan. You sat as a liberal. Uh, what's going on with this particular party at this moment where they don't seem to be interested in expediting this Trans Mountain pipeline or even seeing that our oil, our Alberta oil, uh, gets moved to tidewater or international markets? Instead, we're importing Saudi oil at uh, a cost of, I don't know how many, $300 million a day or something like that, I read?
1: Yeah, well, the difficulty you have is when you give mixed signals, you want to mollify the green elements in this country. uh, Those who are committed to destroying the energy industry and burying it in the ground. Uh, It's a little bit like saying, let's take uh, General Motors and Ford and all these others and bury those in the ground as well, because we don't like the fact that they use fossil fuels. Uh, What we're really doing is uh, creating a bit of conflict of interest in terms of our objectives as as a country. Are we for the energy industry? and are the standard of living that goes with it or do we somehow think that uh, we can wish these things away and with a you know a wave of a wand uh we can suddenly have this wonderful green utopia i think they tried that back about eight years ago here in ontario it almost destroyed the finances of the province not to mention the finances of a good number of people trying to make ends meet in during cold winters
0: well it's interesting because uh there are some people who speculate, and this might enter into the realm of the conspiratorial. But uh, there are a lot of vested interests from America or even Saudi Arabia trying to maintain that we uh, don't actually exploit our resource. What do you hear? What do you know?
1: Well, I mean, look on the West East Coast, we import uh, oil from Nigeria, Saudi Arabia—you uh, know, countries that have a wonderful—and uh, I'm speaking tongue in cheek, of course—environmental, uh, not to mention human rights records. Uh, on the East, on the West Coast. Uh, we think of the fact that, uh, oh, most of that oil must just come from, uh, uh, you know, somewhere around Alaska. In fact, some of it comes from Russia. Uh, And we're talking several tankfuls. Uh, Tankers come in every day to drop off crude in the Pacific Northwest or in California. And that, of course, makes its way back to gas tanks in Vancouver. So, I mean, the reality here is that you can't live without fossil fuels. And the question Canadians, I think, have to answer is do they want to compromise their standard of living in favor of, Uh, magic and make-believe that somehow having Canadian oil is bad, but uh, foreign oil is something we would give a pass on. That's really a question, a hard question, I think Canadians are going to have to start to ask, because if not, this kind of stuff is going to start to show up in the hallways of our hospitals and of our pensions and of our social infrastructure and our economic infrastructure, including provinces that have no trepidation with blocking pipelines, but then hold out their hands for equalization payments, uh, because I think it's a little crass and a little contradictory and frankly hypocritical for provinces to do that, if they're so opposed to oil, then why are they importing it from Saudi Arabia? Worse, why are they not letting Canadian oil get to tide markets so that we can all enjoy the benefits of our resources?
0: Yeah, that, that by the way, is an indictment of Quebec on the Energy East pipeline. I appreciate you bringing that up. Dan McTague is with us, senior petroleum analyst and principal behind Gas Buddy. The idea that this Rachel Notley initiative by uh, within the year reducing the output 8.7 percent will rise uh bring the barrel up by about four dollars the experts speculate uh so at that point uh is that sustainable i mean it's it sounds like a a short-term solution until we get the pipeline built but uh what do you make of that
1: well i think it is a short-term solution but i think the experts got it wrong because it was up nine dollars today almost nine dollars a barrel Mm. it might come down a little bit but i think uh under the circumstances there's Little doubt that uh, there is a market a pretty significant market in the u s for canadian for Western Canadian select and they will pay more i mean this is this is uh incredibly discounted oil for them so they 're picking it up for fifteen cents uh, maybe fifteen cents a, a liter or if you will using the gallonage they 're probably picking it up for about uh, twenty cents a gallon processing it for another fifteen cents a gallon and they 're selling it uh, back uh, to their own uh, consumers for as much as uh, you know, uh, $1.50 a gallon. It's a real bonus for U.S. Midwest refineries as it is for U.S. Gulf Coast refineries if they can get it. So there's no doubt even if the price were to double for Western Canadian Select, it's still a bargain for American refiners and they're going to continue to want it. The fact is I think we need to really accomplish the one point and that's to get another pipeline built to Tidewater. The moment that happens, uh, the Canadian dollar will strengthen. Uh, Canadians uh, will, uh, you know, bear the benefits of the uh, the fruits of the price on oil that everyone else seems to be getting. And I think you'll do a lot to uh, restore, I think, the, the tensions that are now rife across this country that have very little to do with economics and a lot to do with uh, constitutional problems that I think are heading our way.
0: Interesting. Uh, I'm just curious if this will crystallize as one of the predominant election issues in the year ahead and canadians will start to get it as it were but i've got to let you go and before i do that though we've seen the price of gas come down in well around the gta it's about a buck eight uh... 108.9 108.9 it was as low as 105.9 yeah. with, with gas buddy i mean doug ford took away the cap and trade component of that but i think that was 4.3 oh, cents a liter uh yeah. no so what's the reason for the lower gas prices when it had been spiking around a buck 25 126. yeah well two factors uh of course yes
1: the decrease uh, of uh, the cap and trade uh, that was worth 4.8 with hst the shift from summer to winter gasoline worth about 4.5 and the drop in, in the value of crude. Um, looks like uh, President Trump got his way. OPEC produced more oil, didn't, and he didn't put sanctions on Iranian oil. That left the world with a glut. That's likely to be addressed by Thursday. OPEC is going to cut back on that. Uh, but uh, in all of this, uh, I uh, would expect that, you know, if I'm looking at prices here in the GTA at 106.9, no change tomorrow but a one-cent increase uh, come Wednesday. And, of course, the big uh, the big news will be on January 1st as everybody sort of uh, celebrating or finishing their celebrations as we enter the new year, you'll be introduced in this province to a 5.3 cent a litre hike for carbon taxes and about a 6.7 cent a litre increase uh, of carbon taxes on diesel. That's the stuff that moves your economy, by
0: the way. Oh, boy. Uh, well, there's your New Year's hangover already predicted. Uh, very good. Dan, I appreciate your time and uh, explaining a lot of the intricacies of uh, the petroleum in- industry.
1: Always a pleasure, John. Thanks for having me.
0: Thank you, Dan McTague, again, Senior Petroleum Analyst,